to give res show respect to the audience and respect your own business. It was a way to protect it. Ladies and gentlemen, heels and faces, casual wrestling fans, and all you smart marks, I am Kayfabe AJ. And I'm Kayfabe Focus. And this is Kayfabe Avenue, and today we're bringing you the AEW Dynamite wrap-up. Dynamite! From the November 25th episode, and this one started on fire. Fire! Hangman Page versus John Number Four Silver and Johnny you know, Hungry. Johnny's very hungry and he showed that in this match because God on the truth, I thought this was a pay-per-view caliber match. Um Silver definitely held his own against uh, against Hangman Page, you know, a lot of false finishes, a lot of, you know, spots where Johnny kicked out from like a devastating move from Hangman. I think this was probably Johnny's best match in AEW. Um, they showcased him right. Um, the commentary kind of had me a little bit like, come on, stop focusing on his height and his stature, whatever the case may be. Focus more on the in ring. But overall, good on commentary. The match was great. I think this is one you have to go out your way to see, especially if you like. The character of of John Silva and Hangman notably came out sober, no cup in his hand, no drink in his hand. They, you know, had a, a, a drag out brawl. This was great. We had the Dark Order completely at ringside supporting John Silva. You know, of course, Hangman Page ends up winning with the Buckshot Lariat after a grueling match. But overall, I, this is one of my favorite matches of the of the episode. What do you think about the actual match? I thought the match was absolutely great. I thought it was a, a five-star match. You have John Silver, who should be a contender going after the TNT title or any title. Got, like, seriously, the man is gold. Whether it's him being on the mic... Him being in BTE. Oh, current BTE champion, by the way. Exactly. What, what, at any point in time you, you put this man on camera, it's automatically gold. And um, Trent is the number one contender for his BTE championship. I'm surprised he didn't bring it out uh, during this match to show off to, against Hangman Page. And uh, everything, and I like the little mind games that they that John Silver was trying to do, basically saying that, um, basically saying that his arms was bigger than Hangman's, and that you know trying to recruit him into the Dark Order and everything, saying that 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 he's pretty and whatnot and all of that stuff, you know, basically that John Silver humor. And, but they had a very hard-hitting match. John Silver basically kicked him in the face multiple times. Hangman gave them strong lariats and clotheslines. And it looks like they were really hitting each other hard. They, they had lots of welts and bruises all over their body. This is definitely a match that everybody should take note and watch. 
because I I definitely did enjoy that the psychological aspect. You know, especially in the beginning of the match when John was trying to stop Hangman and you know give him a handshake and you know actively recruiting him. So, like I said, Buckshot Lariat takes the win for Adam Page, but after the match, we get Evil Uno getting inside the ring with the rest of the Dark Order, and, they, and you know he's telling Hangman, "Hey, listen, we're not we're not trying to attack you." I know we've done a lot of stuff in the past that, you know, I regret. I know you have a lot of regrets yourself, alluding to the drinking issues and stuff like that, which, you know, obviously Hangman's trying to overcome now. But they, you know, they're actively trying to recruit Hangman Page. So I think with Brody Lee gone for the past couple weeks with injury, we don't really know what the timetable of his return is. I think them kind of getting back into this Will Hangman join? Can we recruit Hangman to the Dark Order? I think this is a good storyline that we could see develop uh, throughout the next couple of weeks, probably leading into a uh, revolution. And who knows? We might get a Dark Hangman. Dark Hangman. Dark Hangman. The Dark Executioner. Maybe Hangman is that you know one added boost to the group that outside of Brody Lee, they can be taken as a real serious force because you know people love the dark order they're over but we're used to the funny bte antics of dark order they've drifted away from being a real dominant faction i think they need to get back to that yeah i agree 110 percent about that so what do you think about hangman's possibilities do you want to see him in the dark order uh, of course i would love to see hangman in the dark order i would love to see what kind of skits they'll do with Hangman and everything. And it's also interesting to note that in the, the, the taglines for, for when they were coming out, it said that Hangman has lost his cell phone for about six weeks already and has been too cheap to get a brand new one, which is <laughs> basically referencing BTE uh, with, with the storyline with him and uh, the Elite. Yeah, so with that being said, let's move on to the next segment of Dynamite, and it's Kenny Omega with... Um, wait, 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 we forgot. Um, After the match, um, Evil Uno tried to basically recruit him. That's what I said? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. We, we we touched on that, actually, if, yeah, yeah. if you, you would like to see him in the Dark Order. Sorry about that. So um, moving on to the next segment, we have... Kenny Omega with Alex Marvez and, you know, Kenny's fully suited, you know, with this cleaner. Uh, let, let me let me just stop the review right here. Kenny, the cleaner wore leather. The cleaner wore those badass uh, aviators. The cleaner I mean, he was... resembled the Terminator. I don't want to see the cleaner in the suit. You look like a suit. A backstage exec with Goofy glasses on to accent your dumbass suit. I'm not liking this Kenny Omega. He has not shifted into the cleaner I want. So I feel like he turned into Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins <laughs> instead of being the Terminator. No, he's Terminator in uh, Rise of the Machine instead of Terminator Two. Damn. <laughs> you trying to say that he's kindergarten cop? Oh, he's kindergarten cop for sure. Damn. Poor, poor, poor. 
So personally, hold on, hold on. Twinkle Toes, McFinger Bang, Kenny Olivier. Ken, yeah, he's definitely Kenny Olivier still. Shout out to uh, to Cornette. He's definitely Kenny Olivier, and this promo furthered that for me. It's like you're trying to. I don't know if he's trying to have a spin like I'm the cleaner, but not really, or if he's really trying to milk this cleaner shit, but. It's not working for me. I want to see that badass Kenny Omega that I'm going to need you five times in the face just because I can, Kenny Omega. Not this, I'm full of myself, but still look like a jackass, Kenny Omega. But nonetheless, we have him with Alex Marvez, who's there to interview him about John Moxley and their upcoming retry of the contract signing. And uh, Kenny goes on to pretty much tell... John Moxley to leave the garbage resting at home, tell him that if he truly wants to be the best and deserve that praise to do so, strictly based on his ability in an actual wrestling match. Um, so next week they're gonna have the Winter is Coming special. I'm not sure how they got that past um, HBO and Game of Thrones not suing them, but um, Winter is coming next week, and he ends up ending the segment by taking a shot. At John Moxley's dad saying, my dad would totally fuck your dad up. Um, you know, stemming off of last week's promo with um, John Moxley pretty much talking about his past experience and with his father growing up and leading to him being the type of champion he is. So what do you think about Kenny? What do you think about him in this cleaner? And what do you think about this promo? I don't think this is the cleaner. Um, I... Kenny's coming off as cheesy. Um, why would you talk about that situation? Who really cares if your dad could beat up his dad? They're not the ones that's going to be fighting next week. You know who's going to be fighting? You and John Moxley, so stick to that. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like they drift too much in the cheesy gimmicks. And I feel like Kenny drifted so far into that cheesy gimmick role that... Now that if he really is trying to be taken serious, it's not working. It's not working at all. I'm like, I'm not really taking him serious whatsoever. I was a big Kenny fan going into this. And it's like, eh, well, you know, he's there just being there. He's not really performing with anybody because who knows why. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch more. He's basically coasting around. He really is coasting, but... We'll, we'll touch more on Kenny Omega later on in the night. But next up, we get the commentary team pretty much hyping next week's uh, matchup between Cody, Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks. And now they're going by the powerhouse, uh, Will Hobbs. So we'll see that next week. And with that, we have Darby Allen in a vig another vignette. And he's making fun of Team Taz. You know, pretty much making fun of the Survive If I Let You gimmick. Ends up lighting fire to yet another car. So this is looking like Darby's thing. Every rivalry is going to blow up another car with, you know, he's ben the, Margera. the ben gimmicks Paul. of whoever he's fighting. He's Ben Margera. He's going to blow up everything. He's going to drop from everything. You know, that's just, he's a skater guy. He's, he's How are you feeling his TNT championship range so far? I feel like he's the face of TNT. However, there's a couple of people who I think should face him for that TNT championship. There's a long line of competitors. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like he should have not won it at this moment. I don't, and I don't think the booking with him tagging with the person who he beat the championship, you know, won the title from. I don't think it's working for him. I'm, I'm really hating that a lot of people just seem to get stuck with Cody Rhodes. Cody's a great wrestler. He got good promos and good segments. But why is Darby so attached to Cody? They were just rivals. He just took your championship. Whether you want to step back and let him have his little run before going for it again, you know, that that's one thing. But now you want to tag with the dude who just took your title? I would not be tagging with the dude who beat me for the title that is supposed to be my baby. The only championship... That's a single title that you can actually technically go for. Yeah. You're going to, oh, yeah, I have no other titles to pursue in AEW, but I'm going to be best friends and tag with this guy week to week. Meanwhile, you have Lee Johnson, who doesn't even get you to show up at ringside, but <laughs> you want to be tagging with Darby Allen, the person who, who, who beat you for the title. Not liking it. Um, I think they... they Need to drift away from pairing Darby with Cody, especially if it's not going to lead to Cody turning on Darby and, you know, that effect. And I know it's not going there because, you know, that story is seeming to be intertwined with FTW, which we'll, we'll touch on. Um, well, speaking of Lee Johnson and FTW, let's that'll segue greatly into the next match. We have Big Shotty. Lee Johnson, Mr. 0-16 and 16 in the win-loss record versus the new powerhouse Will Hobbs. You're the nightmare family. Willie Style, so Power Hobbs. You're, you're nightmare family and you're 0-16. and 16. He's recent joining nightmare family. Don't you think he'll get at least one win if he had his family? To support you, would th- you would think, you would think, you would think. So, anyway, <coughs> passes and commentary, you know, supporting Powerhouse, Will Hobbs. I just want to put supporting yep. Powerhouse. You know, like Team Taz actually does. Will Hobbs. <coughs> Once again, supporting Powerhouse, Will Hobbs, their stablemates, because that's what stables are supposed to do. Hint, hint. Am I getting in? Am I? Am I? Getting uh, are we getting this clear? Oh, is, are we, am I getting? Are we, are we getting this over? <laughs> so now I just want to say, Big Shotty Lee Johnson, he's a great talent, but you know he's no match for Will Hobbs. Domination as soon as as soon as he catches him, um, basically gives him a quick squash match. This gives Lee Johnson zero and seventeen in all elite wrestling. So I, I mean, mean, did we actually even want to see Will Hobbs lose at this point? I don't think so. Nope. But the fact that FTW is intertwined with the rivalry with Cody and the Nightmare Family, and you have Lee Johnson out there, you have the perfect opportunity to actually defend or or second your stablemate. And you don't do it in a situation he's fighting the the guys that you're going against. Makes Be- zero sense to me. But after the match, Taz comes out 
and he starts cutting the promo on Cody. He holds up the FTW championship, starts complaining that nobody's acknowledging that title. Acknowledge me, Uzi. He wants people to put some respect on it. I say it to You know, his mic goes out. Taz then grabs another mic, and he says that someone's going to mute this one. He's going to head over to the announce desk and take one of the headsets and use it. He claims he knows how things work here. So, you know, this felt very much like they were alluding to Cody runs AEW like WWE. A lot of his motives and his his, his decision-making are WWF, and I think that was a little bit of a shoot. Not shooting from the hip. <coughs> so he was dead ass. You know, before he before Taz, you know, could go on. Cody ends up coming out and say after Lee Johnson loses because uh, you know apparently wasting time on on Dynamite is worse than having your stable eight lose. <laughs> <coughs> Well, he comes out to defend, I guess, his honor because he can't defend Lee Johnson. And um, in short, Taz um, puts some respect on the FTW name and puts them in the transmission. As they're putting him in the transmission. I ain't saying it no more. I think, I think, oh, and uh, Cody also mentions Taz's son, Hook, that Cody's training in the Nightmare Factory, bringing it to a real, real personal level which made Taz go over the top so you know I think that it was a very heelless type of thing that Cody would say something like that to uh, uh, Taz and you know just basically gave him the low blow oh I'm also training your son why is he training with you and you know giving him that pot shot yeah that was definitely the ultimate disrespect and and he was like, you crossed the line. And then after the after after the segment, he told his son Hook to follow him and everything. So I'm guessing Hook has now also joined uh, Team FTW as well. He might as well. I don't know why the hell he would allow his son to join up uh, with the Nightmare family anyways. It doesn't make any sense. So after that, it makes me think that um, maybe we'll have Cody Rhodes versus Brian Cage for the FTW Championship. Because that's what that's all that Taz wants. He wants uh, a he wants big day match. He wants so, to legitimize the FTW he wa- title. He wants, he wants made event matches with FTW like they do with NWA, like with AAA, with, like with all of that. He wants it to feel like they're legit too as much as they, they use the other promotions belts. And honestly, I, I could respect that because you you can, you can see the FTW belt anytime you see Brian Cage or whenever Taz wants to bring it out. You know he has it there, so you know use it, make it a third, a second to third title, whatever you want to put it. This can be the AEW Dark Title, the, the Dark, the dark title, Championship, the the Hardcore Title, the the. The extreme heavyweight for Will Hobbs, Brian Cage, you know, all of that type of things. Um, you know, the big man title. So that's where I think we should start having a head to. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. They they just need to elevate FTW, especially the members that they got have been prominent in the past, like, 
couple months. So, yeah, I agree with that. They need to do more with this. All right, so the next segment we have... Eddie Kingston. And he's getting a backstage interview. And uh, he's talking about the reformation of Death Triangle, which is that bastard pack and uh, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. And uh, basically um, how his family's going to face them and such. But then he gets interrupted by... He was pretty much saying, like, you know, as far as pot goes, he was telling him times have changed. It's been eight, nine months since you were, you know, stuck overseas and you haven't been a part of this situation. And, you know, things are a little different. We getting now this three on, you know, this three on three. It looks more possible for a trio's tag. I'm liking the fact that it's going back to the death triangle, you know, something that just started and didn't get no, you know, get to fully get off the ground before COVID-19, you know, pulled the rug from them. So definitely appreciate this. But like you said, Mox ends up interrupting him and they have no words. He, they grill each other. He tells them, you know, it wasn't me. I got my own thing and you got you got your own thing you got to handle. With that said, Mox walks off. Kingston's like, um, I forgot what he said at the end. He's fucking up my feng shui. Yeah, fucking I mean? messing up my feng my shui. You know, I'm trying to cool, cool out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, let's take a quick break for uh, our sponsors, the people who keep the lights on, keep this train going. We'll be right back after these messages. And we're back. We left off with Kingston getting confronted by John Moxley. And, you know, the Von Sway being all disrupted by Moxley. But next up, we have the Hybrid 2 versus Top Flight, which I appreciate is going on on Dynamite. This story has been making its way from Dark over to Dynamite and back and forth. So I'm appreciating that, that continued fusion between the shows and synergy between the shows. And, uh, you know, overall, Top Flight, great newcomers, young guys. I, I, you know, love what they bring to the table. And Hybrid 2, a tag team that I feel like never really got the uh, uh, chance and the shine that they should have had. Jack Evans is a veteran, you know, along with his tag team partner. They're both vets. They've been in the game for years. It's time to showcase them, and this was a good way to do it. The Hybrid 2 ends up pulling off the win. Um, what do you think about the overall match? I think it, it was a great match of styles. You have Ed Helico, who's very technical uh, type of wrestler. Um, and then you also have Jack Evans, who's also a high flyer as well. You know, and the top flight is basically like the new version of the Young Bucks and everything. They're, they're, <coughs> they're, the, they're the next generation of what we can they see. They kind of alluded that last week with the Bucks talking to them and then Matt coming out. Somebody who inspired the Bucks and the top lights telling them that you, you know, inspired Matt, us. Matt started that, you know. He so you know yep. he, they they should be thanking him. They should. So, and you know, I think I think this match just basically goes and just proves that even though they're young, they can still make it work. And you know, it's good that they are underneath the young Bucks uh, wing. So they could learn more about the tag teams and what they can do and take wrestling to the next level. 
and who knows, maybe they're the, the ones that's going to eventually win the, the tag team championship. I mean, they just signed uh, along with the acclaim. And now, like I said, in a couple a couple weeks ago, Private Party needs to look over their shoulder because their, their, their spot is threatened by two strong they have tag a spot? teams. Two strong tag Wait, teams. Private Party has a spot? Yes, they have a spot. So, <laughs> like I said... Two strong tag tag teams. You have Top Flight, and then you have the Acclaim. And right now, they're putting the Acclaim on the back burner for some reason. But I think that the Acclaim is the better tag team out of all of them. I think they have the the personality to get the farther than the other tag teams. So it doesn't make sense why they would, you know, put them on on dark and not not showcase them. In the same way, top flight's been the past couple weeks, but you know that can all change in the in the next week or two. With you know, obviously the claim getting more shine. Yep, because on dark they they recently had two segments on dark, you know, and they've been getting over on on the internet with with uh, Max Caster's rhymes and everything, and you know, like I said. The private party needs to watch over their back because yeah. Plot Flight is on their heels. The claim is on their heels. There's a whole load of other competition there in the tag teams. There's like, what, 15 to 20 tag teams in AEW right now. Yeah. Watch, you got to watch your back, private party, because these two tag teams is going to take your spot. And the next segment we have is Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose backstage. Um... Pretty much getting interviewed about the involvement with Brandy Rose getting attacked by Jade Cargill um, last week. They pretty much told the interviewer that they don't need any instruction to pretty much unleash an attack on anyone backstage. Pretty much they're going to do what they want when they want. And that wasn't an attack that, you know, was orchestrated by Vicky Guerra. But they definitely didn't mind helping out. And definitely didn't mind um, allowing that attack to take place. Honestly, it just seems like they was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And they capitalized off of it. And, you know, Bandy Rose got the shit and the stick of it. Pretty much. We still don't know the motivations behind Jade outside of plugging Shaq for some reason. So uh, I guess we'll let that storyline develop. Um, I'm just glad that somebody's whooping on Brandy already because Brandy seems a lot of you know does a lot of self-serving storylines. So let's see her get her ass whooped a little bit, you know? Why not? Just a so bit. next up we have FTR finally talking for the first time since Full Gear. Uh, to sum it up quickly, pretty much just acknowledging the fact that this was probably the worst day of their career, proving you know trying to prove that they were the better tag team against. The Young Bucks, and for those three seconds that they got the pin, they were the best tag team in the world. They acknowledged that, but obviously they are going to gun for another shot, and this is not the last time we're going to see of FTR and the Bucks. What do you think? I think that it was a great real realization that FTR had after losing the world tag team titles. Um, it showed that they were very serious about being tag team champions. And when they lost the title, it really hurt them in their soul. Like, you actually felt it. 
Um, and even Kelly Blanchard at, at the end just saying, fear the revelation FTR. And, you know, it, it basically lets you know that, that, you know, they may be down, but the war is not over and they're going to come back and try to get the World Tag Team Championships because they're going to prove once again that they are the world uh, best tag team. Um, I think they got it pretty quick, so I don't mind if they sit out for a little while, let the Bucks filter in a lot of other tag teams. I'd rather see the hybrid two jump into that position and, and you know, fight for the titles. I want to see maybe even SCU jump back into, into that um, fold you know, Jurassic Express. Like you said, there's so many tag teams on the, on the rise. No, 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 no. Those pandas died on Dark. <laughs> Let's leave them there. Um, but, you know, there's just so many tag teams that we have yet to see, you know, even touch yet. So let's let's do that. I appreciate the FTR getting back into storyline. And I think they need to grind their way back up the ranks. It shouldn't just be that simple as far as I want a tag team rematch. But, you know, hopefully we'll see them mix it up down the line. I definitely want to see Bucks versus FTR part two. But moving on, we have Christopher Daniels and uh, Frank Kazarian, SCU, uh, versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager of the Inner Circle. Um, overall, pretty good match. It was a great match. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, for the most part, majority are in the 50 crowd. The 50 so plus area. The 50 plus demographic. And honestly, you really can't even tell. These guys move. It, you know, just as good or sometimes even better than the younger guys on the roster. So overall, did enjoy the match. I, I'd say this is probably one of the better matches of the night. What do you think about it um, overall? I think that it was great. Uh, even the win when uh, MJF hits um, um, Kazarian with the with the with the with ring the AEW ring, uh, and then leaving well, we had the entire. We had the entire inner circle, MJF, Wardlow, um, in tow on ringside. And we didn't have Scorpio Sky. So that did play into the, the win. Um, after, you know, the inner circle starts celebrating, Kaz tries to get his comeuppance and uh, attacks MJF, sucker punching him from behind. You know, that, that guy needs anger management. He definitely needs some but, anger <laughs> He has some anger issues. Cold clocks um, MJF. The inner circle starts to beat beat SCU down. We have Scorpio Sky make the rundown with a steel chair. Now, this was my initial reaction. So you're trying to tell me a group of seven motherfuckers, not one could take a hit with a steel chair so you could whoop his ass for even trying to come in? It's three on seven. And if I was in a group with seven people, hell, you can count on me, guys. I'll take that fucking steel chair shot thinking he's Billy Badass, but you guys better whoop his ass after that. I think that's how that segment should have went. Um, Scorpio Sky is, a, you know, a, a good solo competitor right now. He's trying to drift away from the SU, do his own thing a little bit while still maintaining their friendship. But one guy runs down, and the, first of all, the other two guys are already down. They got their ass whooped, so it's one on seven and a steel chair. Sammy Guevara's been put through more hell then a steel chair, somebody could have took that shot. And let's not mention Jake Hager and Wardlow's out there. Two massive guys. You know, I understand Hager probably doesn't want to get any more beatings to the face like he suffered in his MMA fight recently. Oh. But um, he won. So, you know, 
you know, high, uh, you know, big, big ups and hats off to Jake Hager. He won that match, but he did get his face pounded in. So probably still sensitive in the face. Doesn't want to take that chair shot. But seven guys, one, one against one, and a chair. Yeah, I would have run. Um, but that that's how that segment ends. So we're, we're probably going to see more buildup with SCU and the Inner Circle. So more on that. Next up, we have the video game extravaganza from Miro and Kip Sabian. Boo. I Boo. just want to skim through this. Boo. How about we just skim through that? <laughs> Next up, we have... I'm sorry, I'm just not enjoying that storyline whatsoever. They're booking Miro horribly pairing him with Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian shouldn't even be involved in that video game shit. He had his own thing going on. You're the bad boy. The bad boy stuck at home playing video games. You have no time to be bad boy. So You're not the bad boy. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know where they're going with that shit. You're not the bad and boy. Miro being a big guy, you they're talking about this video game extravaganza and completely forgot that the entire storyline going into this was the wedding between Sabian and, and Penelope Ford and the fact that Miro was the best man. And you guys completely forgot about that storyline. So I will completely forget about this rest of the segment and move the fuck on. Word. Next up, we have the AEW Winter is Coming contract signing. I still don't know how HBO, uh, Game of Thrones, and George R.R. R. Martin didn't sue you guys for using that catchphrase. But nonetheless, we have Kenny coming out with his entrance Word. that has an entrance Word. with an entrance in between. Oh. And for the first time, while I'm annoyed... You know, of of his entrance, you know, I'm constantly annoyed. I got to go through three fucking entrances just to see this guy. And he's standing behind, like, a sheet for five minutes out of that damn entrance. His, 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 you, his sheet fort. His sheet, his sheet fort. He's standing behind his, his sheet fort. And then you finally see the silhouette of somebody who resembles John Moxley. And you finally see somebody whoop his ass behind the sheet. Then he throws him through the sheet, ends up whooping his ass down the ring, and, you know, throws him in the ring, cuts a promo on him, and uh, pretty much signs the contract, so we'll see that championship match next week. Kenny, you're not the fucking cleaner. You're Kenny Olivier right now. Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang. Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang. We don't know who the fuck you're trying to be. This is not the cleaner. We don't need five entrances. I'm glad you got your ass whooped behind that sheet. And I hope he, I hope Moxley knocked the cleaner back into him. Hopefully. You know, he's looking like Mr. Clean, not the cleaner Kenny Omega, who held the IWGP championship. You know, he's looking like Mr. Clean over here. So, guess his ass whoop. We officially get the contract finally signed. Moxley with the awesome promo. Do you have anything to say about that uh, segment? Yeah, this is going to be trash. This is going to be trash. Uh, the match probably is going to be good. But I don't know. I, I was ready for Mox to drop the title, but I'm, I don't think I'm ready for Kenny Olivier nah, not to be the champion. Not to put those about it. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're moving on. We have a pissed-off Chris Jericho backstage talking about MJF. MJF says, who the hell sneak, attack, sneak punches somebody? Well, you do, MJF. That's exactly how y'all just won. The match. <laughs> so, but if the referees see it, though, yeah, yeah I guess. But, um, pretty much setting up their, you know, feud with SCU. They're gonna have another matchup next week. 
Then we got a special look at the AEW Women's World Championship match. Oh, and it leads straight into Anna J versus Hikaru Shida for the championship. Um, overall, I think this was a good match. Finally, a real good showing for Anna J, who honestly doesn't get too much burn. I definitely see the progress between her first match with Shida and, you know, this match. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say this was a classic, but it was definitely decent. If you want to see the growth of um, Anna J, this is definitely worth a, a watch. There was points where I actually thought she was going to win. And, you know, Sheena has to pull it off the win. Can I Can I talk? Can I say one thing? What? Let Sheena talk. Mm-hmm. How you got this amazing promo segment and she's finally actually cutting promos in it. So you've been holding the fact, the you know, holding back the fact that she's been able to speak English this entire time. So I've been saying... So I, I've been saying this bitch is boring for how many months, and she actually did have the ability to to talk. I, I think she just got this ability. Yo, first of all, Oscar only says nobody's ready for Oscar, and, and she easy. has me beyond hype. Like, You're telling me wait, she wait, doesn't wait, speak coherent sentences? She also says easy peasy first and e- foremost. Easy peasy facts, but you telling me Sheeta can actually have coherent words? And coherent sentences, and now you choose. So this Nyla Rose buildup, you know, this Thunder Rosa buildup. She hasn't said nothing, not even in subtitles. She's been using Duolingo. What do you expect? Oh my goodness, that Rosetta Stone. She's no, she's stuck in Final Fantasy VII, the PS One version, and there's no subtitles popping up. So we don't know what she's saying. And now they finally upgraded her to HD, and she finally got some damn words coming out of her mouth. So let's keep that fucking going. This is the remake of Sheeta. Let's hope she can continue that momentum of talking. And the next freaking um, rivalry she's in is actually interesting. Let's move on. You mean, <laughs> you mean at, like after the match, after Sheeta wins, uh, despite Dark Order interfering. And giving um, Anna Anna J the bamboo stick to hit Sheeta. Sheeta was still able to hit the Hiro Sheeta for the win. Um, Sheeta is now on a twenty-one and O winning streak That's right now. Crazy. Um, after the match, uh, we have Sheeta celebrating, heading back to the ring, and then out of nowhere. Uh, we have a zombie. The the zombie Abaddon crawls out from the entrance stage, and scares. I think they need to fix that. I think she needs to come from like a, a elevated platform, or like fog needs to fill the arena before she crawls out. You know, something. You think they, they need to they need to have like like a like a like a a stairs leading up to the stage, and like one of the panels lead up that has chains. Like like something like like, like 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 they did from like evil the the remake from Evil Dead that the woman's coming out of the the thing like that so they should have it like that and you know basically scare Sheeta and she dropped the title and Abaddon uh, basically licks it and tags it saying that she's after the women's title and it's uh, good for Abaddon that she's a very interesting gimmick and she's very good at um. um at uh, wrestling as well, and from what I've been seeing from her Instagram, she's been uh, 
training to get in shape as well. So shout out to her. She's going. She's putting in the work, and now she's gonna get some signed. Hopefully, she'll get she'll get back on the power <coughs> soon. Yeah, I mean, definitely appreciate seeing more of Abaddon. She, you know, from the moment she's debuted, I've been into her look, and I just want to see more of that. That's more some. That. That's a character that, that they can they should protect. More of that. So after that, we have Matt Hardy, and he hypes the AEW um, Diamond Ring uh, Battle Royale, is it? Uh, yeah. Matt Hardy is, uh, you know, he's being, I, I think, Big Money Matt, and uh, the, they, they inform us that Matt Hardy will be competing in this uh, Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royale next week, which is the Witcher's Coming and everything, so that's basically all it was. What do you think about this uh, Diamond Ring Battle Royale that's happening next week? I don't know. Did the, the last year's Battle Royale for the ring actually lead to a title shot? I mean... What's the point of the ring? Because I'm not sure if that let... That didn't lead to MJF getting a title shot. He's just been carrying the ring. I mean, so what's gonna happen? Does MJF gotta give up his ring? Maybe. I mean, he just used it recently, so we'll see. Well, used it tonight. Um, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens from the battle royal. Um, AEW has a good track record so far with their pre-show battle royal, so I'm not. I'm expecting something along those lines. So next we have Team FTW with a video package. And it's the trio, the Machine Ryan Cage, Absolute Ricky Starks, and Will, the powerhouse Hobbs. Um, Ricky Starks was basically talking mad shit uh, about Taz leaving the building and that Cody is going to have a serious problem next week. And so will Darby um, as next week that him and... Uh, I think Will Hobbs is going to face them next week. What do you think about this? Uh, good, good promo from Ricky Starks. You know, what else do can we expect at this point from him? Every time he's on the mic, it's gold. And I'm, I'm glad that he's the the talker for for the team when Taz is not around. And it, it makes the most sense. And honestly, Starks is probably the standout. As big as these guys are, Will Hobbs and Brian Cage, as big as they are, Ricky Starks is the standout. Yeah, he's he's going to be the new rock watch. I agree with that. So moving on from that promo, which was really good, check it out. Um, the we have event. the main event, the Butcher and the Blade versus the Bastard Pac. The Bastard! And Ray Phoenix. So a lot to unpack with this match. Overall, you know, it was really, really good. This is probably um, the best storyline, personally, for me going on in these past couple Dynamites. And, you know, especially for this Dynamite for me, I've been really enjoying the story with the family and the newly formed Death Triangle. And we got more development, you know, out of this. So, you know, obviously this match was put together because Ray Phoenix was getting attacked um, by the family and kind of singled out. Pac came to his rescue, reforming the Death Triangle with Penta joining, you know, last week. Um, Butcher and Blade pulled off the win on this one. You know, do you think that was a good booking of them to, to have Butcher and Blade win? 
I, I think so because Butcher and the Blade have been on a roll, especially in particular the Blade. He's been showcasing like next level talent the the, the past couple of weeks, so it, it it is good because Pac is also rusty. He hasn't been in the ring. This is the second time in the ring in nine months, so it makes sense for him to take a loss. Not only that, you just stole a member. You just weakened the family, so you're resolidifying the strength of the family by having them pick up a win. Um, and you also have something for them to continue, continually fight for. So, yeah, I, I did. I do think they booked that correctly. And you know, can, can we un, unpack the end after this? So, you know, after the match, the bunny grabs the chair, throws it in the ring to Eddie Kingston, the Butcher and the Blade, and uh, you know, Eddie Kingston. Beating, they're beating up, down. yeah, beating up the bastard pack. Ray Phoenix and Pesagal Jr. Um, Eddie Kingston ends up hitting a DDT on Pac on a steel chair. Ends up doing a second one. Um, you know, head first onto the chair. Then he calls for another DDT. Um, finally, the Murder Hawk last Archer's music hits. He ends up hitting the ring, goes over, um, over the top rope, takes out Eddie Kingston first. Then he gets up and starts you know, destroying the blade. The butcher jumps, starts jumping him. Archer, you know, quickly starts destroying him, hitting, you know, a one-man spot on butcher and the blade. You know, as Jake starts getting into, you know, starting to get closer to the rings on the ring apron now, trying to interfere. Archer ends up going to finish Eddie Kingston, but Kingston ends up sliding out the ring to avoid Lance Archer. And pretty much Archer's standing tall, taunting Kingston. And that's pretty much how um, AEW goes off the air. What do you think about the involvement of Lance Archer in this storyline? Is he a part of the Death Triangle? No. Or is he just trying to assert dominance? Because he didn't attack the Death Triangle. He just for, went straight for, for Kingston. For weeks, for weeks, Lance Archer has been saying that he's going to go after... Eddie Kingston's family, even before Pac came back, even before Lucha Brothers left, left them for Pac. Eddie Kingston was trying to go after. I mean, uh, Lance Archer was trying to go after Eddie Kingston and the family. So he did multiple promos about it. So when he saw that the family has already broken, he thought he thought this was probably his opportune time to get back at Eddie Kingston. That not only did his family members leave him, but now. Lance Archer is going to attack him as well, as well as the the family that's rebelling on him. Yeah, so he has. I, I didn't go. see. I didn't pick up on that previous storyline thread with Archer and, yeah, and the family. Yeah, Archer Archer been talking a lot on Dark. He 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 has a weekly promo that he. So I was taking his I was taking his promos as generally like I'm just going to run nah, through the roster. I didn't know song. he was targeting the family in in particular. Yeah, this, this, there was a promo where he targeted the family in particular. All right, so what do you think about this episode of Dynamite, um, in particular as we wind down and wrap this show up? What do you great. think about it? It was great. Um. I feel like all of the segments was good, except for the Twinkle Toes, McFinger Bang, uh, Cheesy Corny, um, Kindergarten Cop bullshit. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Kenny, 
oddly, who should be a highlight of the show, is probably the weak point in this entire Dynamite for me. Yep. Um, which is sad. Um, Dynamite, for the past couple of weeks, after after their, their pay-per-view, I feel like they've been juggling the wrong storylines. And the ones that should be the main focus of the show aren't. Yeah. Um, like the family, you know, like Archer and, and things like that. Like Sadly, after, I'm not yeah. interested in like the, the World Championship storyline. Like, right. Like, um, you know, having the women's tag team titles, that's fucking not even titles, they're fucking medals. I mean, they haven't even had them on Dynamite in quite a few weeks. But overall, I'll give the show maybe like a 7.5, an 8 overall. It was it hit all the right notes, what it needed to do. Um, like I said, they me personally, I give it that rating because they've been juggling the wrong storylines for me. Um, the storylines that I'm least interested in have been taking up the most time. Um, I'm hoping that they move things along. I do like, you know, over the past couple of weeks, the direction of the inner circle, um, switching from the comedic bullshit to a more serious tone. Um, and, you know, Jericho himself even highlighting that tonight, saying that they're done with the comedy stuff now that I guess MGF is an official member. So, you know, I enjoy the Dynamite. And with that being said, we can do this all day. Focus, where can they find you? They can find me at username is taken, try another on Instagram. And collectively, you can find us at Kfabe Avenue on Instagram, on Twitter. Find the ver- the virtue, the visual, excuse me, the visual versions of these podcasts. You can find them on YouTube. Um, join the Twitter and join the Facebook group. Send your hate mail to E.A. even though he wasn't on this um, podcast, but he handles all that bullshit. So send the hate mail to him. If you like the podcast, please hit that support link on Anchor. Hit that support link on Apple Podcasts and like, subscribe. Donate what you feel. Help us keep the lights on. Help this train keep going. That was the Kayfabe Focus. I have been Kayfabe AJ, and this has been Kayfabe Avenue. That was the AEW Dynamite wrap-up. Kenny Olivier. Yes, Olivier. Take us home. Okay. You're not the fucking cleaner. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> and good night. Bad.